Welcome to the WIPS Podcast, inspiring and empowering women to take the stage and up their game in the public speaking arena. My name is Chantal Bosset from Shabbos, leaders for your presentation, public speaking, and AV needs. Enjoy the show. Hello, everyone. My guest today is Janice Fuller, and she's from Vancouver in Canada. Welcome, Janice. Hello, Chantal. I'm glad to have you on the show today. Thank you very much. I'm happy to be here, too. It will be nice. And I know you a little bit. We've had the chance to be at a conference at the same time, but I want to make sure the listeners get to know you a little bit more. So if you want to share with us, what's your work or business? Well, I actually come from a background of uh, decades on the ground. So although my feet are on the ground here, my work has been on the ground as an exploration geologist in a project. Wow. Yeah. And I, I was all over the world, but but right now, I'm uh, now coaching project leaders, and I also have a, uh, a process called uh, Centura Pro, and it's, it's really helping leaders build their capacity uh, to notice, assess, and communicate all the changing risk landscape that happens in on their projects. So, they can so yeah. it's still it's still aimed at the people in the geology field, is it? Absolutely, yeah. It's still um, in the mineral exploration realm, but you know, the explorer mindset and approach could be useful to other industries as well. Oh, I agree. You're right. Sometimes it applies to more than one industry. I would be curious, how would you define yourself? Would you say you're more shy or outspoken? Well, (laughs) it kind of depends. Uh, You know, if I was going to look historically, um, I was originally pretty shy about public speaking. Um, Okay. But, you know, over time, I I found, though, that I always had this below the surface. I wanted to be outspoken, and I had something to say (laughs) a lot of the times, right? But it wouldn't come out. Okay. It's almost like you're, oh, you're so frustrated. There's this powder cake building. So I I wanted to be outspoken, but... um, when it did pop out, the problem was is that it would be like a, like almost like old faithful, a geyser that would go boom, and I'd be too forceful. But so, <laughs> okay, <laughs> it was like the tap was either full on or off. I didn't have anything in between. Well, you know, I think it takes practice. And the funny thing is, with the previous guest I had, I realized many women are just so a good mix of, you know, right in between. They started off pretty shy and now they seem to be outspoken. So I guess we're probably um, changing the way we approach public speaking or just speaking up in a meeting as we grow older. It's probably the age thing coming in. (laughs) Yes, yeah, become fearless in the end, yes. Or just that we don't care anymore what people think. <laughs> and tell me, when was the first time you were asked to speak in public? Well, there's, there's one that's pretty embedded in my mind. I remember like in grade five, like that was probably one of the peak of my shyness. Oh. And I'm pretty sure my parents and my teacher 
were in cahoots with this because I became the person who was in charge of the narration of the whole biblical Christmas story at the Christmas concert. Oh, wow. That was a big step. (laughs) It would for someone who's like, oh, my God, I never said boo. Now, the crazy thing was is um, uh, it it was kind of scary because, you know, I, I was not only doing the narrating of the story, but I was also in charge of signaling all the movements of the curtain and Ooh. the choir, and the people. Like, I was had full stage control. And <laughs> <laughs> that was like jumping into the fire, right? Uh, yeah. I guess so, but how, how did you find it finally? Because, yeah, you had a lot on your plate to start with. Yeah, well, uh, you know what? I, um, I messed up fairly early, and I think I cued the curtain at the wrong time. And, <laughs> then, <laughs> and then everything went way out of whack. You know, we had the the curtain would open at the wrong time when people were switching, and the oh. shepherds were fighting with the wise men. And <laughs> okay, but the crowd thought it was hilarious. They they just they thought it was so funny. Well, you were probably in panic mode, but if the crowd enjoyed it, you know, having a laugh sometimes it can help. You gave it a nice twist. <laughs> pretty i was petrified and embarrassed and i was just a stoic reading everything forward like in the chaos that i had caused so and, and i yeah i would qualify that as a yeah kind of bad or challenging experience but <laughs> <laughs> do you, would you have any more when you got into the job uh in your job did you have any other challenging experiences with oh yeah, oh for sure. Um, you know, <laughs> you know, I, I I had a workshop. Um, I was supposed to deliver this presentation, and the way I structured it was totally in the wrong order. I hadn't done a lot of presentations. Okay. Um, and <laughs> I started all backwards, where I talked about the abstract and the new method, the science, and and then I got down to the need, and at the very end, I talked about my audience. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> and, and I had, you know, and then it was like I could see the confused faces there. And then it was almost like I felt I was throwing I had to then try to come up with situations for everybody and it was like I was trying to throw fishing lines in the water to help all these people understand. <laughs> and I read the water in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's the way to put it. And, but you know what? I guess you learned a lot about that because that usually that's what happens when we realize, ooh, maybe it didn't go as planned. But from that, what did you change moving forward afterward, after that? Well, I certainly have been digging in a lot more into the nuances of building a presentation and engaging, meeting your audience where they are and what's in it for them, right? Because I was excited about the idea, but it was really about, you know, staying with your audience. I'm there to serve them, right? What their needs are. So it's starting with that and staying with that. That's the big, yeah, the big thing. And you know what? I think it's probably the the element that many speakers forget about. So it's not only when we start, even sometimes experienced speakers forget about that, that 
it's always about the audience. It's always about their fears, their challenges, uh, or whatever they're, they're sitting in front of us for because they are expecting something. But at least, like you said, yes, it was probably backwards, but you learned early on that, ooh, I have to put the audience in, at the top of yeah. my priorities to make sure everything will go right afterwards. Well, and I don't always get it right still, but I'll, I'll recognize, ah, you know, you'll still recognize when, oh, I didn't quite get that right this time. I see that again. And over practice, I realize I'm going to get better and better at that. And it's true. It's just, and sometimes even if you practice, I realize no two audiences are the same. So it something might work very well with with a group we have and then you try something very similar with another one and all of a sudden it just doesn't fly <laughs> and you have to adjust so and i think listeners have to realize that's an ongoing process there's i don't think there's ever one perfect way to do things it depends on where and who is in front of us yes yeah yeah for sure yeah definitely and aside from, yeah, challenges we've had in the past, I'm sure you also have a great memory of taking the stage. Do you have one you want to share and why it was so nice for you? Well, um, I can share a couple of related ones, just two short ones. Well, sure. there was one where I was um, working in a group of companies and they decided that they were going to do investor presentations to everyone who worked in these in these companies. Okay. So each person from each company would present. And I was to be the last person in these presentations. Hmm. And we're in this venue and you know, they were going all it was a long afternoon listening to these technical presentations. And I and the audience wasn't all technical either, the people that were there. And I could just see the energy sagging. Right. And I thought, oh, am I going to give a technical talk? <laughs> the end of the day is a really <laughs> tough spot. <laughs> so I looked at it and then I realized, okay, I'm talking about this project that's in the Yukon, in the Klondike area where the gold rush was. Here I am, a woman who's I was in, leading these projects. I thought, you know what? I just did a Toastmasters speech about women in the Klondike. Ooh. Enterprising women in the Klondike. So um, I kind of thought, do I remember enough about that? And I did. And so when it was my turn, I got up and I said, you know, I'm going to do something a bit different. And I started off and I delivered this woman of the Klondike speech and they loved it. They came to life and, and it was all about enterprising women. And, and, nice. and then at the end, I was be able to tie together a little, no, I am in the Klondike. And then I could go into the company's work. <laughs> and, the, and the funny thing was is my boss wasn't there but the you know everybody loved it and it was fun right it was a fun way to end and uh and then you know a few days later my boss who couldn't be there he said well i um i went for lunch at that place where we were doing all the presentations and the guy at the at the bar said well there was this amazing speech at the, the presentation at the end. And <laughs> wow. <laughs> so when people remember, that's, you know, you, that's when you know you nailed it because 
that's the whole point, making sure people remember what you said and they get the chance to think about it way more. And I guess that audience at that time, they probably said, thank God, something different. We won't have that boring data-driven thing again. I know, and it was more storytelling. And yeah, so that that was kind of a fun one for sure. Yeah, yeah. And you touch a good point, the storytelling part that sometimes these days we forget about. And even very technical speeches, if people can weave in an interesting story, that's when they will be able to be more memorable because data is not memorable by itself. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. but you know what? We're just wired for stories and visuals. So it is the way it is. We're just humans. <laughs> you know, and that's an important thing because to think about. And the curious part of the mineral exploration industry is People out in these camps are in small groups, and they tell stories all the time. Oh, I guess so. That environment. So, so there, I think there's an opportunity there for more story and data coming together, for sure. Uh, that's a good point. Very good point. And interestingly enough, especially with, in the industry you're in, I would be curious to see what would be your wardrobe tip you would share with people. Because sometimes we have industries that are more probably women related but i guess that you probably have more men in geology yeah yeah well i can't wear my work boots all for presentations (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i agree that would look awkward (laughs) although my nieces tell me i do have more work boots in my closet than dress shoes so (laughs) but that is my tip is actually to wear comfortable shoes and especially me, I, I do have some foot problems now. And, and that's important because if you're throwing off physically, uh, yeah. it does, I think, impact uh, how attentive you can be in the delivery and responding to the audience. Oh, yeah. We have to be comfortable to be able to li- deliver in a comfortable manner. You're so right about that. And, uh, well, finally, Dennis, I would be tempted to ask, what would be one tip? you would like to share that you know it will empower women to take the stage more confidently well you know i'd like to suggest one place where i started and i started with toastmasters sure international public speaking organization there's groups you know all over cities all over canada all over the world yes you know and and i'm really grateful to how they helped me um advance my in fact just on Friday, my club for our Toastmasters celebrated their diamond anniversary, a 60th Ooh, Wow. Year. Yeah, so a big milestone. And, you know, when I reflected on that, I thought about, wow, diamonds, right? And uh, isn't it funny how we all sort of start off as rough stones and, uh, and a little bit of pressure forms, and then we get polished mm. up by practice, and all our facets become shiny and along the way. Oh, that is a beautiful way to put it. I like what you just said, because you're right. And the fact, I can just picture it, putting the pressure on ourselves to be becoming more polished and having that little diamond shine through. What a nice way to end, Janice. I thank you so much for sharing your experiences with us. Oh, my pleasure. And thank you so much. Lovely to chat with you today, Chantal.
It is. So we'll uh, share with our listeners your links, how they can find out about you. And I encourage them to just follow the links and go find out more about what you do and who you are. You never know, they might connect with you. Perfect. All right. So thanks again. Thanks. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please tell us what you think by commenting and even share with your own networks to inspire and empower others to do public speaking.